Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Nekrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. David, how was your Shabbat? It was an opportunity to further my relationship with God and with my family as Shabbat is supposed to be. It's not just resting from the week because you had a hard week from work, but it's an opportunity really to deepen the relationship with your family and God. You can never have a monastic lifestyle with God. That's true on Shabbat, because on Shabbat we eat, we drink. In fact, there's a very interesting idea in Jewish thought called the Neshama Yitera, which means the extra soul. We are told that on Shabbat, our soul doubles somehow. We get an extra soul. But what's interesting is that, according to at least some commentators, this extra soul is not spiritual. It means that on Shabbat you want to eat more, you want to sleep more. We use the physical world as a means to come close to God, and Shabbat exemplifies that. We enjoy our family, we have friends over, we have meals, we sing, we enjoy ourselves in a physical way, but that physical enjoyment is actually an expression of a deep inner spirituality. And we have three meals on Shabbat. We have an evening meal, we have a morning meal after services, and then we have a late afternoon before the Sabbath is over type of meal. We try to sing at all these meals. We have words of Torah at the meals. And it's just a chance to get together and to be close to your family in a way which is impossible any other day of the week. And without trying to be preachy or anything of that sort, I have to say that I often look at people who don't have Shabbat in the Jewish community, and I don't know how they do it, because for me, the idea of living without Shabbat, it's simply unthinkable. Shabbat itself has many restrictions, but only by living within those restrictions does one understand that they're not restrictions, they're keeping out other things that would distract me from what really matters. My relationship with my family, my relationship with my wife and kids, my relationship with my friends, and of course, my relationship with God. A life without Shabbat is a life I can't even comprehend and I wouldn't want to comprehend. I think there's a uh, expression within the Jewish community, it's not that we saved Shabbat, it's that Shabbat saved us. I experience that every single week. And we talked about singing on Shabbat. It reminded me of something that you said last time, this beautiful interpretation you said last week. Going back to what we talked about in our last series of podcasts, talking about the first verse in the Torah. We said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How to really translate that, you can listen to the previous episodes to get more about that. But in our last episode, I suggested, based on an ancient interpretation, that the word et which is the direct object signifier, actually means that the first thing God created after creating this concept of divinity that we can relate to is the idea of language. Then you had a beautiful interpretation, which is that it says, et hashamayim the et ha'aretz, et heaven, et earth, the language of heaven and the language of earth. God created two languages, a language of heaven and a language of earth. And I want you to explain a little more what you mean by a language of heaven. Well, we know that the angels sing to God every day. As the psalmist says in Psalm 148, verse 2, praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his hosts. We don't have the liturgy, what the angels are actually singing. But David, I would assume that when we say a heavenly language, we don't mean that they're saying, hey, how you doing? Or singing in a way you and I can comprehend. It's probably some sort of metaphor for a form of communication among these heavenly beings. I mean, even the word angel is itself a metaphor. We don't really know what that means. But 
it doesn't mean language the way you and I are talking right now. Right. The language that we have specifically is the et haaretz, the et that's connected to the earth. There is a language for animals and for fish, and there's a language for the human being. The language of a human being has the understanding of choice and how to really relate to one another. It's, a very, it's an, on a deeper level than the rest of communication of creation on earth. I could just imagine, which I really can't, the language of the heavens. But I do think, based upon what we do on Shabbat specifically, there are songs that don't have words. We call it a melody or in Hebrew, a nigun. A wordless melody. Absolutely. And I think that is a way we can connect to the heavenly language and to understand into some depth of spirituality. What do you mean by that? Sometimes we just can't express our yearning for God or what we need from God. And it is this melody, this wordless liturgy that we can express ourselves of the emotion that we're feeling without the words. And I think somehow that attaches itself in some way to the heavenly language above. That's a beautiful idea, the wordless liturgy, a liturgy that transcends our ability to express it. Ultimately, anything we say about God, anything we say about any spirituality, it can't really be expressed in etaaretz, in human language. As lofty as our language is, it's the language the Torah was given to us in. God allows himself to speak to us in that language. But ultimately, it doesn't express the spirituality as it would be on that higher level. The closest we can get, the best approximation we can have of knowing what it's like to be on that level of pure spirituality is the wordless liturgy of a song, expressing our inner emotions that transcends our intellect, transcends communication, and yearns for the divine in ways that words can't possibly express. I think this is amplified in the third meal of the Shabbat, prior to going in out, knowing full well that we have this extra, or the feeling of an extra emotion when Shabbat comes in through our soul, and we're knowing that it's going to leave us. And we don't know necessarily how to express that, that we don't want it to leave, we want it to still be here, but we know that it's just a privilege to have it every week, and the way to express that is through a wordless liturgy. Through a wordless liturgy, we are able to, as best as is possible for human beings, know what it's like to experience spirituality in the angelic realm. Phenomenal. I'm Scott Kahn. I'm David Nekrutman, and blessings from Jerusalem.